Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, this your boy Frank Gore. You li I'm listening to 49 of Rush Niners all day. That's Brain Sits Home, baby. Let's go. I love it, man. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is an absolute incredible treat to be with you guys. It's Wednesday uh, afternoon when we're recording this live, and it, it's, it's a weird week because th this was a game that we circled before the schedule even was announced. The Tennessee Titans, knowing we're going to get a play in Nashville, Definitely a destination city. I love Nashville. It was great when the draft was there a few years ago. We had a blast. It was incredible. Um, but the scheduling got weird. The NFL obviously wanted this to be a primetime game, and but unfortunately landed in that Thursday night slot, which has its benefits and negatives for sure. Um, teams don't like Thursday night games. Players don't like Thursday night games because it's so difficult on the body. You turn around in three days and you play a game. But the positives, everybody gets to see it. You love primetime games, increase your brand, your name recognition, all those prove to the NFL. Everybody's going to be watching this game for sure. But then uh, maybe more importantly than that, you get 11 days off afterwards. That is huge. A lot of teams refer, and including Kyle Shanahan, refer to this as the mini bye week. After the fact, you got to get through it first, which is where the 49ers are. And they didn't really practice all week. They did a late uh, PM walkthrough, but that was about it. So what we're going to do this episode, because there's a lot to cover. Um, obviously, as we get into kind of the back end of the season where we are now, it, there's no more small sample size. You know who teams are. The Tennessee Titans are 9-5, and it's very easy to discount them and say, well, they don't have Derrick Henry and all those things. Yeah, they've lost three out of four games. All those things are true. You still have a lot of key wins even after Derrick Henry's been gone. Yeah, there's a lot of issues with their wide receivers, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. But both of them practicing today, there's a possibility they could play. So we're going to dive in and look at everything. This is going to be a long episode, but it's going to be a good episode because of the amount of time that was put into this. I'm excited for you guys to be with me. And uh, hit that like button as always. And here we go. Let, let's, let's jump in. All right, they're 9-5. and five. They're currently the Tennessee Titans. They're the number three seed in the AFC. So, like, you can say and put whatever asterisk you want next to them. And the NFL is kind of weird because there's no dominant teams this year, right? As soon as a team gets crowned dominant, the Arizona Cardinals, they start falling off. The Green Bay Packers, they lose a game. Uh, all right, the Tennessee Titans, they get an injury. The Patriots, they get destroyed. The Bucks, they lose and get shut out at home. Like, 
The NFL is a parody league. We understand that. And we can talk about that all the time. But whenever you see it in the action and the fact that this year there's no dominant team, there's not one. This team was dominant early. And li listen to some of these wins, okay? Yeah, I'm going in order of their season. At, at the Seahawks, they won by three to start the season. Won by the Colts, you know, beat the Colts by nine. At Jacksonville, won by 18. Beat the Bills by three. Beat the Chiefs by 24. That was kind of the low point of the Chiefs' uh, year, and then they kind of turned around right after that. Then they won at Indianapolis in overtime by three. Beat the Rams by 12 in Los Angeles. Beat the Saints by two and the Jags by 20. So they've got some good wins. They've got some kind of cupcake wins as well. Listen to these losses. Cards beat them by 25. They lost to the Jets in overtime by three. Texans, are you kidding me? The Texans beat this team by nine when they had everybody. They lost to the Patriots by 23. Uh, they lost to the Steelers by six. And those are their kind of most recent. They've lost three out of their last four. So that Steelers, Pats, and Texans game, that's where they are right now. So what we're going to do is attempt to look at the season in its own context, and then narrow what has this team been like without Derrick Henry? Because the dude was on pace for, you know, uh, I, I want to say MVP-like year, but if you're not a quarterback, you can't win the MVP. Uh, that's just what the NFL is, all those things. Um, so, like, I, I don't want to say MVP, but Offensive Player of the Year, 2,000-yard season. He was on pace for all of that. But things changed. Um, what's up, Cody? says, NFL on notice, Niners are coming. Now, the momentum for the 49ers is freaking, it's trending upwards, right? You won five of your last six. You're playing hot. You're doing really, really well. You've got some very high-quality wins against the Bengals, who are a playoff team currently, against the Rams, who are a playoff team currently. You've got some good wins, and you've taken care of the opponents you were supposed to. Well, the Titans don't really fit into maybe either of those categories because, yeah, they're 9-5, and five, number three in the AFC, but they're missing so many pieces it's rough, but I tell you this, you come out of Nashville in a short week on the road, Christmas week with a win, man, you know, it's ticking up, boom, that's just freaking like through the roof, the hype machine will go. If you lose this game, you lose all you got. You, you've got a one-game lead over everybody in the NFC uh, for that number six spot, so even if the 49ers lost this game, they would still uh, be that number six seed. Now, if you know, the Vikings and Eagles and Saints all win. Then it'd be this huge cluster of, you know, eight and seven teams. That ain't going to happen. Um, they're 500 teams for a reason. Some of those teams will lose some games this week. But you win this game, you control your destiny. 49ers have three games left. One of those is against the Texans. And then week 18, we're traveling to Los Angeles. You guys better be coming out with 49ers Rush Road Trip. What's up, baby? Go get your tickets. 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Um, go get your tickets, man. Head over there. Having said all those things, like, you win two games, the 49ers go two and one. These final three, you're in. But if you lose this one, then you kind of have to win back-to-back -back games to get in. Now, there's a possibility in a, you know... <laughs> multi-universe Spider-Man situation. No spoilers. Um, I saw it was really good. You could win one game and still make the playoffs, but now you're dependent upon other teams. You win two, you're in. You win one, yeah, now we're getting into conference records and all those, what teams qualify, because uh, you have the tiebreakers over a lot of the teams, right? Vikings tiebreaker, Eagles tiebreaker, 
Falcons tiebreaker. But you don't have that over the Saints in the Washington football team. So yeah, take care of your business. And this is a key game, okay? This is key. Got to get this one done. And I see this. Brandon on Facebook says, um, yeah, is Julio Jones really that big of a difference nowadays, whether he's in or out? Julio Jones is a huge difference. Um, and not like what he used to be, okay? Like Julio Jones isn't the old Julio Jones, okay? So one, let me just say that. Having said that, he's still a freaking bad A mamma jamma. He's still averaging almost 15 yards per catch. He has no touchdowns. But he's still got a 50-yard catch, you know, on the season. He's still a baller. His yards per target, 10 yards deep. And whenever you look at the 49ers corners, that's their strength versus our weakness. A.J. Brown is much more important. There's no doubt about that. Derrick Henry, much more important. But having him out there, it matters. It matters a lot. Now, again, this isn't, you know, almost 100, uh, you know, 1,500-yard Julio Jones. That ain't what it is. But, oh, Brandon, that was his first-time comment, by the way. What's up, man? I love it. Uh, let me know when it's your first-time comment. Make sure you tag me so I can see it. The, the, chat, the chat's always buzzing, which I love it. Shout-out to the Countdown crew. Um, and, and so let, let's jump into this because it gets weird, okay? So last week, they lost to the Steelers, and they came down close. The Titans had four turnovers last week on offense, and that's kind of been who they are. Three of their last four games, which they have lost, by the way, They've had at least four turnovers in individual games. Three times. They had four turnovers, five turnovers, no turnovers, and then four turnovers again. So that's 14 turnovers. Is my math right? No, it's wrong. 13 turnovers in the last four games. That's crazy. The 49ers have had fewer turnovers than that in the last 11 weeks combined. So to put that into perspective and to see, they're miserable right now. And they're shooting themselves in the foot. The defense is playing well enough to win almost every game. The offense is just screwing everything up. And with the way the 49ers defense has been playing lately, you know, take away the Seahawks game, you got to like what you've seen. You got to like that. What's up, Kurt? Glad to have you here. We're going to get 100 yards rushing. I think we will. Oh, I 100% think that we will. If you look at just kind of the 49ers offense, You've got to go all the way back. Well, again, the Seahawks game, we had 71. But again, five out of the last, last six games, we've rushed for 100 yards. The last two games we haven't were the Cardinals lost and the Seahawks lost. That's it. Um, you know, we're, we're rushing for 100 yards. Now, it does hurt, and let's jump into the injuries because it's not great, okay? We'll, we'll do our injuries first, and then we'll jump to what – the Titans are messing with because there's a lot there. So this is Kyle Shanahan yesterday talking about our injuries and not much changed afterwards. And we didn't have a press conference today. So I thought I'd play this one again. Today, uh, Greenlaw uh, won't practice. Elijah Mitchell won't practice. Maurice Hurst won't practice. Um, Huff, we're still trying to evaluate him to see if he can. Um, Aziz will be limited and Tart will be limited. And nothing changed. Okay. So for us, Elijah Mitchell's out. That's the big one. Good news is Jeff Wilson Jr. looked great. Uh, Debo looks like old Debo. Um, yeah, so we're going to have to see. Obviously, you'd want Elijah Mitchell out there. Dre Greenlaw, still not out there. Uh, he's out this week. Talanoa Hufunga, out. The first game that he's missed. Uh, that's a rough one. Maurice Hurst, he's been out. He's going to stay out. Now, the difference is Aziz practiced yesterday, even though it was a walkthrough. He's questionable. I expect Aziz to play. And he didn't play last week. He almost did. He was questionable last week as well. 
But Aziz is huge this week because you're playing against a dominant running team. Um, even if you're like, oh, they're not that dominant without Derrick Henry. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're still pretty damn good at running the football. And, you know, they found a couple big bruisers. Well, one big bruiser to go out there. But, um, again, last four games for the Tennessee Titans, they've rushed over 100 yards. So it, it's not like it, two of those out of the four, they've rushed for over 200 yards. They still lead the NFL in most rush attempts. That's who they are. So we need Aziz. We need Aziz. Tommy, he says, John, will our defense be sore after a short week? Yes, they will. And the, probably the biggest one's going to be uh, Tart, who's coming off one of the best games I've ever seen him play in his career. The most impact moments. The dude was on fire. Just finished this morning um, the Patreon breakdown. So that's up over on, four, uh, just go to patreon.com, 40 Irons Rush Podcast. I think it was an hour and 15 minutes, I think is what it was this time. And it was awesome. And, you know, shout out to uh, Devin Gatton. Um, yeah, he messaged me and we were talking. It, one of my axioms that I always say, and again, it's not mine, passed down from coach to coach to coach. The film's never as good or as bad as you think it is. Well, this week, it was better than you thought it was, especially on the defensive side. That was a dominating defensive performance. It was huge. Um, they... Oh my gosh, probably the best film <laughs> that I've seen in a long time. Even with Josh Norman out there, even with Ambry Thomas out there, um, and kind of what those things are going on. So like, I, I, and Newt, I'm with you. I miss seeing Greenlaw out there. I, I do too. He's one of my favorite 49ers just because he's so freaking consistent. I love his story off the field. Just a great human being. Um, so like, I'd love to see him back out there. What's up, Niner Sickness? Uh, love it, man. Love his podcast. I've been on there before. Awesome, dude. Uh, appreciate you being out here. Uh, say what's up to the faithful. What's up, Niner Sickness? Always good to be with you. So Tart is a full go. He wasn't even listening on the injury report. That's good because we have to have him. Aziz, I expect to play, which will be very, very helpful. Now them, ooh, they've got it bad. We've got it bad. They've got it bad. I, I've continuously said all year, there's one team that the 49ers do not hold a candle to whenever it comes to injuries this year, and it's the Tennessee Titans. They've continued to win despite their entire left side of their offensive line, the strength of their offensive line, is out. Left tackle Taylor Luan, hell of a player, a crazy personality, he's out. Left guard Roger Saffold, who the 49ers have played against for like a decade, it seems like, um, being with uh, the Rams forever and whatever else, he's out. So their left tackle and their left guard is out. Starting linebacker David Long, out. Defensive tackle Laurel uh, Murchison, out. However, Julio Jones, yeah, he's, he's a full practice participant. He went out. He missed the game with a hamstring, which seems to be the way Julio Jones kind of operates. He misses so much time in games. He plays so hard. Hamstring, lower body issues, soft tissue, whatever. He, he left, I think, after the second quarter. And when that happened, I was watching the game, you know, just kind of scouting and seeing some tendencies. And sure enough, man, I was—I thought immediately, there's no way in hell he plays this week. But he's back out there. No injury designation, full practice today. Fully expect Julio Jones to play. And on top of that, A.J. Brown designated to return off of injured reserve this week. This is almost a must-have for these guys. They got to win, too. Uh, what's up, Don Burr? Detroit versus everybody, Chapman. I love it, Don. And uh, congrats to your dominating win over the freaking Arizona Cardinals. That was incredible, man. I was just laughing. Not not only did the Lions beat the Cardinals, they bullied them and just freaking, oh, man, it was bad. 
They, they, they just, <laughs> they dominated them like crazy. I loved every second of it. Uh, it was incredible. So congrats to you, man. Uh, that is awesome. Detroit is very far from the f worst team in the NFL. Very, very far. Uh, I think it's the Giants or the Chicago Bears by far. Bears are so unwatchable. They're so bad. And I love, love their quarterback. It just, yeah, that's bad, man. Anyway, let's talk about A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are huge. And when they play, the Titans usually do pretty good. Now, the issue is, guess what? Uh, you've got to play with Ambry Thomas out there. Now, I'll tell you this. The film, good gosh. He, he played really well. And a lot of the plays where the ball was thrown to the you know opposite side of Ambry or whatever, that dude was in perfect position every damn play. He's right where he needs to be. He's just got to take that next step. And Kyle Shanahan was asked about what he thought about Ambry's development. Again, um, rookie third-round pick Ambry Thomas out of Michigan. Listen to Kyle talk about this. And it, it you got to put things into perspective here. Uh, yeah, because, I, I mean, I don't think he was ready. I think we learned that in preseason. Um, so that's why we tried to give him more time. And you don't always get that when injuries happen. Unfortunately, we were able to bring some veterans off the street who had done it, um, which bite us some more time. And the good thing about him was the experience that he got in preseason. Um I think he was honest with himself. You know, some guys will fight you and just think of excuses and it's it's your fault for telling me I'm not ready or something like that. And he wasn't like that. He he kept working, um, didn't get discouraged. Um, and guys stayed with him after. He's did a lot of work in the weight room. Um, it always is with me how hard they go on the scout team because we watch all those reps. And even though they think they're playing a different coverage and stuff, I mean, that's some of the stuff I watch the hardest because I'm watching the offense too and I get to evaluate them there. That's where I started to notice Mosley the most his first year. Um, so just taking advantage of all that stuff and knowing that when he did get his opportunity, he was going to be ready. And yeah, he still still got a long way to go and still got to get better. But when he did get it, he was much more ready to play and help us out. And I, it, it matches on film. It really, really does. Yes, he has to make plays on the ball. His ball skills are abysmal. Bring back that word. They're that bad. But, man, he was freaking locking up, like, textbook coverage just at the point uh, where the ball's coming in. He missed it. So, hey, guess what, man? <laughs> you you got to move forward. You, you go from the Falcons, worst wide receiver core in the NFL, uh, maybe Detroit's in there, uh, to where you are now. And so, yeah, A.J. Brown, who's not going to be 100%. Julio Jones, not 100%. But still, there's some pretty damn good ballers. You've got to go out there and make something happen. So that's going to be the matchup, of course. Um, you know, they're going to run the ball. But, man, our corners, they're going to be a liability in every game. And, you know, one of the things that I saw that really bothered me was there were, there were probably about 10 to 12 plays defensively where there was no safety help over Ambry Thomas's side, and he was in press coverage. So playing press man with no deep help on his half of the field at all, that's a recipe for disaster. And yeah, he can be in perfect position, but that tells the quarterback, oh, I can throw over here. If he's playing off coverage with no safety help, usually a quarterback will check out of that. Press man, no safety, that's a red flag. D'Amico's incredible and had a hell of a year, uh, almost as good of a year to the point where it's like, man, are we going to lose this guy to a head coaching job already? I don't think so, but his name's already starting to surface as a, hell of a head coaching candidate. I think it's still going to be a year or two before he gets his opportunity. That's how good D'Amico's been, but just because he's been good doesn't mean there aren't criticisms, right? You're allowed to criticize and say, man, keep a damn safety over the top of Ambry Thomas if he's playing press man. 
If he's playing off quarters or whatever, I'm cool with that. That's fine. He can handle his own. But don't put him in a bad situation against these studs like A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Don't do that this game. Now, let's go to the history. That is the 49ers versus the Titans slash Houston Oilers. And, man, I got to say, I hate, I, I hate, I love Nashville. I hate the Titans. That's a stupid name. Um, the color's stupid. The logo's stupid. But I love Nashville. The Titans is a dumb name. Coming from the Houston Oilers, I'm going off. Of, this this is it in my notes. This is just John Chapman and his feelings. Here we go. <laughs> Step into the corner. That is John Chapman's feelings. The Houston Oilers were the coolest damn mascot in the world with awesome colors. I mean, and it fit the city. One of the things that I love about sports teams or hate is where they just throw out like a stupid-ass mascot that has nothing to do with the history of the city. San Francisco 49ers. That's who we are, right? The gold rush, all that, statehood, a compromise of 1850. You can get into all that stuff. Oh, it's beautiful, right? Miami Dolphins. It's kind of cheesy, whatever else. That's incredible. What the hell is the Tennessee Titans? There's no Titans in Tennessee. You just picked a, you just like spun the wheel. Oh, we'll be that. Like, I hate that. The Carolina Panthers, get the hell out of here. Trash. Jacksonville Jaguars. Nah, there's not Jaguars there. Maybe there used to be. I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I hate that. So going from the Houston Oilers, which I thought was a hilarious, they had an oil dirk on their mascot. Anyway. Uh, all that being said, I went down a rabbit hole today. Uh, looking up the history of this matchup, the 49ers versus the Titans and Oilers, because they're the same franchise. They haven't played that many times. The 49ers lead the series dramatically 9-5. to five. They've only played 14 times. 49ers have won 9. 49ers have also won the last two. Um, the, 49ers, the last two matchups were 2017. So that's you know Shanahan's first year. And then 2013, and that was a fun one. I clicked on the box score on that one and just kind of did a deep dive. Uh, it was just a rushing attack. Kaepernick and Gore rushed for 150 yards combined, three touchdowns. Uh, Anquan Bolden, I mean, just like all these studs back on that team. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, so, like, the 49ers have won the last two. And hopefully that can continue. But, again, we haven't played in, this would be five years now. What's up, 49ers first takes? Appreciate the gift, man. He says, long time no see, John. It's a fact we <laughs> we need to win two out of the last three to get in the playoffs. Yeah, man, this dude knows what he's talking about. Check out his channel. Check out his channel, guys. 49ers first takes does a hell of a job. Now, let's talk about the HC himself, Mike Vrabel, which he's a fun guy. You know, played at Michigan. Oh, sorry, Ohio State. Dang, that's going to piss somebody off. Uh, I was still on my Ambry Thomas notes. Played at Ohio State, was an All-American, gets drafted in the third round to the Steelers. A lot of people don't know this about Vrabel because he never started. In his four years under his rookie contract, he never started for the Steelers one game. Really didn't use him correctly. Then he signed with the Patriots, and that's when he became, you know, all-world, whatever. He had one year all-pro, won three Super Bowls. It was just awesome. Um... In his time with there, he had 57 career sacks. This is him as a player, obviously. 11 interceptions, 19 forced fumbles, 41 passes defense. The dude had ball skills at the wazoo. And probably the funnest stat about Mac, Mike Vrabel sorry, is he had 10 touchdowns receiving on 10 receptions. They would put him in on those goal line packages, and the dude was a stud. Well, whenever he retired, he went back to his alma mater when Urban Meyer was there. What's up? Lots of Urban Meyer connections in today's podcast. And he was their D-line coach um, and linebacker coach for three years. Then he made his jump to the NFL with the Texans. He was a linebacker coach there for three years and then became their defensive coordinator all under Bill O'Brien. 
Again, the Patriots connection and all that there. Eventually, he became the Titans head coach in 2018, and he has been good. Uh, that's an understatement. They have had a winning season in one, two, three, four, all four years. He has never had a losing season. I think it does help to be in one of the worst divisions of football. I think you have the NFC West, and then you have the AFC South. There's just a lot of bad teams there. Um, but anyway, the dude's been a stud. There's no doubt about it. So, And his kind of mentality, this tough, hard-fought football and fundamentals, that's kind of who they are, and it's who they've been. That's why they win so many games. Run the ball like crazy and just keep doing exactly like what you want to do. Impose your will on the defense. And defensively, take away what they do best. His time in the Patriots and all that stuff, it rings true whenever you watch these guys film. Now, before we jump into the defense, which I'm excited about, real quick, man, we started a new thing called the Rush Hour. We released the episode yesterday, Behind the Mic Part 2. Oh, it was fun. That was a fun one. Uh, real quick word, just to kind of help people understand why you should head over to Patreon. Guys, excited to announce a brand new kind of movement within the podcast itself, and that's called the Rush Hour. This is something I can't take credit for this. People have been emailing and asking for me to do some non-49ers content, okay? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to be doing bonus podcast episodes. The first 15 to 20 minutes, still going to be Niners focused. But the second half of the rush hour is going to be more broad topics in the NFL. Power rankings, tracking rookie uh, quarterback development, seeing schemes and some tendencies. Perhaps that's changing across the NFL. Uh, Coverage-based things, things like that. So the only place to get this is bonus coverage is going to be over on Patreon. So go to patreon.com, search for 49ers Rush Podcast. It's the only place it's going to be. Um, now, again, not taking anything away. This isn't taking the place of our regular programming. This is just trying to provide more value for the community that supports the podcast and is helping us to become a, kind of what we want it to be. So, uh, so best way to support the podcast is always on Patreon. So if you want a little bit extra NFL broad with some 49ers focus at the start, that's the place to get it. The Rush Hour is going to be kind of a bi-weekly thing over on Patreon. Support the show. Support the program so we can keep creating more for you. Thank you guys for all the support as always. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Now, uh, this just got released. Um, just came across my screen, so I thought I'd share right here. Uh, the NFC Pro Bowl roster by position has been released. And again, don't put a lot of stock in this, okay? Pro Bowls used to be very meaningful and used very well whenever talking about Hall of Fame careers and getting in there and all that stuff. It's so watered down, man. It, but it does kind of show popularity and what the general masses see as the best players. Usually it's an all-name team. But anyway, having said all those things, okay, 49ers are well represented. Wide receiver, uh, the four wide receivers that made it, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Jeff Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel. Got it as a wide receiver, which is weird. Um, he deserves it. He deserves to be on there as a running back, whatever you want to call it. But he made it. George Kittle, he is the starter and number one vote getter for tight ends, him and Kyle Pitts, who we saw last week. No doubt who's better out of those two. Offensive tackle, Trent Williams got up there. He was very far behind in a lot of the initial things, but thankfully uh, that was kind of remedied, and he will be starting the Pro Bowl. So that's it on the off. Oh, sorry, no, Kyle Juszczyk is starting as well. So the, you got four starters, uh, three starters and one. Debo is not starting, but he did make the Pro Bowl, his first. And Nick Bosa. 
who is it's only one on the defensive side. But Nick Bosa is out there, and he is he's going to be, I mean, rightfully so. He's starting defensive ends. Him, Brian Burns, Cameron Jordan at defensive ends, and no doubt about, like, he belongs there. So I think it's, again, a measurement or a testament to the 49ers to have that many players represented, four on offense, one on defense. Um, I do not believe that Fred Warner deserved it this year with the way that he has played, but he is coming off his best game by far against the Falcons. He was great. Um, Barack O'Niner, what's up, man? Appreciate the gift. He says, if Robbie gone next year, uh, is Urban Meyer a free agent? Urban Meyer is a free agent. He will not be joining us at all. Uh, Urban Meyer can side wherever he wants. And one of the funny things about the first, he did a, an interview I don't remember who it was with one of the NFL.com whatever writers. And he said, yeah, you know, nobody's reached out to me for a job yet. You think? You think? Uh, <laughs> dude, you were an absolute tool and, like, completely just sabotaged every single situation. And I, I don't know if you guys remember. I need to find the clip. I went off on Urban Meyer. I think it was, like, week two or three. Just about how big of a crappy job he's doing football wise I, I didn't even jump into the character yeah he hired a well-known racist coach all right cool whatever that's not cool by the way I'm being sarcastic there but like just a terrible job as a coach and I got so many emails about his character and how he's a man of God and all these things and I was like guys I have players that have played for him that I've coached and have good relationships with I have coaches that have coached with him trust me this is not a hill you want to die on um, and I'm not glad that I'm right. I hope he fixes the situation and has an awesome dad and husband and all those things and contributing member of the society. But like, I, I'm sorry, man, that dude, he was the fact that he, <laughs> they play a road game and he refuses to take the plane ride home with his team. He leaves them. He stays home to party. And that's when that video came out, sent his whole team home on the plane. Which, in the NFL, usually you have to ride the plane with the team. That's just the way it is. You don't leave. You don't get picked up by your parents at the game. In high school, you don't do that. In college, you travel with the team the whole time. For the head coach to say, peace, I'm going to stay back and, uh, you know, do my thing. Ah, Anyway, Urban Meyer does play into this podcast in the sense of this. Um, and yeah, I, I do get that. I, I got the Urban Meyer kick to player reference there. I'm sorry. I don't think I alluded to that one too much. I didn't know how to handle that. I wanted to make a joke, but same time, eh, I'll, I'll just let it go. I'll just let it go. Um, now, the defensive coordinator and the defense for the Titans. I guess what? Urban Meyer tires, ties for sure. The DC is Shane Bowen. This is his first year ever as a defensive coordinator. Now, he's had seven years coaching at the college level, Georgia Tech, where he played. Um, interesting, again, just a little caveat here. He was in the same recruiting class as Demarius Thomas to Georgia, Te Georgia Tech. Um, RIP, man. What a great dude. Um, then he coached at Ohio State under Urban Meyer and when Vrabel was there as well. So that's where that relationship got built. And then Kennesaw State as well. Then he had two years in the pros with the Texans as a defensive assistant. Then he jumped to the Titans in 2018. He was an outside linebacker coach for three years. This is his first year as DC. Has it gone great? Now, Kyle was asked, man, talk to me about how their safeties, they have very good safeties, 
How do you handle this Tennessee defense? Um, I mean, their whole defense um, just as a whole, you know, we haven't seen them for a few years, and it's not just their defense, it's their whole team. They're extremely physical. Um, starts with their front seven, with their D-line and their linebackers, but then it goes all the way back to their back end. They're both safeties that they come up, are very good tacklers. They don't make many mistakes, and uh, they got real good ball skills that'll make you pay, too. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to 100 Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. They, they do have ball skills, very good defense. And I do want to say shout-out to Phillip uh, on Patreon. He says, our boys won't be starting the Pro Bowl. They'll be starting the Super Bowl. I love that attitude, man. Ah, a freaking, that's awesome. It's so great. Um, now, let's look at the strengths of this defense. Again, just focusing completely on the Titans' defense. What is our offense going to be going against? Okay, they've got a lot of strengths. And again, it's complementary football. You want to know why the Titans continue to have, you know, no win no losing seasons in four straight years. Their defense is predicated on their offense and they build off of each other. It's complimentary football. Second fewest rush yards in the NFL. Third fewest rushing attempts. So they're a team that has the most rushing attempts on offense. Third fewest on defense. It builds on each other. Fifth in yards per rush. Fifth passes defense. They get their hands on a lot of balls, just like he said. Ball skills out the wazoo. Sixth in hurries. Eighth in red zone percentage. Only 50% of the time do teams score touchdowns in the red zone. Ninth in passing touchdowns. Tenth in first downs allowed. Tenth in total yards. They finish with a 13th DVOA. Now, their weaknesses, not too many. This is one thing that really surprised me. Penalties. They have given up the most yards to penalties in the NFL. 909. They're dead last. 32nd. 
I did not expect that with a Vrabel team. Now, I went and looked back. Where has, has this always been a thing? It hasn't. It's injuries. They've had so many injuries, and I think that's why that's correlated to where they are now. To put this into perspective, the 49ers have given up 654 yards penalty penalties on defense. Uh, Tennessee Titans, 909. So that's an extra 250 yards. The 49ers have had a lot of penalties. 30th and actual penalties called. 26th and forced fumbles, 25th and fourth down percentage. They're allowing 61% uh, conversion rate on fourth downs and 20th in passing yards. So that's kind of who they are now. Who do you watch out for this defense? Their safeties, which we just talked about. But their defensive line is the strength of their team, similar to us. Run the ball, stop the run, get pressure with your D-line. Harold Landry, one of my favorite players coming out of the draft several years ago. I had a first-round grade on him. He slipped to the second. I wanted him so bad out of Boston College. Uh, he's got 11 sacks and 20 quarterback hits. Jeffrey Simmons, not one of my guys. A uh, huge character, red flag guy, whatever else. But he seems to have cleaned up his act, which is a great thing. Seven and a half sacks, 14 quarterback hits. Denico Autry, guy I never even knew out of college. Uh, he's one of the late draft guys that have blossomed. Seven sacks, 16 quarterback hits. To put all that into perspective, the number two guy for sacks on the 49ers is Arden Key with five. They have three guys over seven. And Bud Dupree, who might be their best pass rusher, just came off IR last week. So they're healthy on the defensive line. They're not healthy anywhere else. Defensive line, they've got four studs. That's going to be something to watch for sure. Now let's jump over to their offense um, and talk about their offensive coordinator. Because... Offensive coordinator is Todd Downing, and th this was a fun one, okay? He's had two years as a defensive coordinator in his entire career. This is his first with the Titans, by the way. And the dude just grinded up the ranks. Like, I, I, I really respect what his coaching resume is because the NFL is who-do-you-know business. Shanahan's, McVay's, whatever. Belichick's, whatever. I'm not talking about Bill Belichick. Talking about his son being a DC. and he, All of those people are great coaches. I'm not trying to say they're not coaches. But they got in because of their name, right? This dude did not. He started out coaching the freshman high school B team for two years in Minnesota. That was his first coaching gig. Then spent seven years as a quality control coach before ever became a position coach. This dude did all the grunt work, dirty work. That's what he did. Uh, but he was with the Lions and Raiders as a QB coach for six years and then finally became the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, talking about um, Titans OC Todd Downing here, back in 2017. Uh, everybody got fired after that. That's when they brought in Gruden. Um, they went 6-10 and 10 under Jack Del Rio that year, with the, and they weren't good. Offense finished 23rd in points, 17 in yards. Not good. Um, then he became a tight end coach for the Titans. So going from offensive coordinator to tight end coach, not very prestigious, but it worked out for him. He got promoted this year to offensive coordinator. And again, it's it's been okay. Not great. Now, let's listen to our DC, D'Amico Ryan, who's been great, talk about kind of what they're up against and what the strengths are of this Tennessee Titans team. Yeah, I think it's just the mentality, right, of, of their, their head coach. You know, they want to be physical. They want to establish a ground presence and it doesn't change no matter who's been in for them. I know they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, you know, guys in, guys out, but it doesn't matter. Their mentality is, you know, starting with their their old line. They're gonna they want to push you around, right? They want to run the ball. They want to be physical. That's their mindset. And it hasn't changed. You know, no matter who 
no matter which running back is back there, you can tell they all have that same mindset that they want to run the ball, they want to be physical. So it's going to be a, a really good challenge for us against a really good, uh, good run, running offense. Now, um, Scott, real quick, asked this. He says, John, a little off topic, but did you see the Jimmy G mic'd up yet? I did. Uh, it was awesome. Like I, I wanted to go back through and count how many times he said baby because it was like a six-and-a-half-minute clip, the one that I saw, and it must have been 20-plus babies. Like, here we go, baby. Let's go, baby. Nice play, baby. Like, <laughs> very positive, uh, and he's on brand. That's who Jimmy is. You can say whatever you want about Jimmy. Dude ain't fake. He can't be fake. Like, he's, he's always who he is, whether it's a win or a loss. He's just who he is. Big, goofy smile and lots of babies. <laughs> um, and yeah, Scott goes on hard not to love the guy. You got to respect what he's put on tape. The dude's been good. He's been really good. And you say whatever you want. I know not everybody's a Jimmy lover. I get hate from both sides because I, I think I'm in the middle a little bit. When Jimmy plays good, I'm going to be real. Whenever Jimmy plays bad, I'm going to be real. Um, I don't find loyalty to players. I don't think that's important. Um, I think you just call what you see. And he's been really good of late. Really good. Trey, want to say thank you for the gift, man. Uh, really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Now, let's talk about the strengths of this Tennessee Titans offense. And again, it's a little bit different. Almost all these have to have asterisks because Derrick Henry changed everything. But again, they've rushed for over 200 yards twice since Derrick Henry's been out. So it's not just him. It's a mindset. Strengths, number one in the league, rush attempts. I wish if there was one stat, uh, let me do two stats. If there are two stats that I could control, not points or whatever, it would be turnovers and rush attempts. You, If you're positive in those two categories, you're going to win games because that's just what it is. They're number one, best in the NFL, fourth in rush yards, fourth in rush touchdowns, fifth and fourth down percentage. Uh, I mean, they, they they get to do what they want to do because they run the ball so much. And Ryan Tannehill, who I do not like, uh, he's an Aggie. I'm not an Aggie. I'm a Longhorn. Uh, can't stand him for two decades now. Uh, but he's mobile, and whenever he runs, he can do some issues. I mean, if you remember, you go back, that dude was a starting wide receiver for Texas A&M, and a good one. He would have made the pros just as a wide receiver. That's how good athletic he was. Um, seventh and first downs, and just doing all those things. Now... D'Amico was asked this week, and I think this is important. How do, how do you stop this run? Now, they're missing some of their best offensive linemen. I'd argue missing two of their best five offensive linemen. 49ers have been really, really good against the run. And I think a big reason why is personnel. D'Amico has made adjustments all over the place. None bigger than moving Eric Armstead inside. Yeah, since we've moved Eric inside, he's, he's definitely gotten better each week. You know, each week you see his game just increase. He's making more and more plays inside. Feel like he's continuing to be the dominant player he was as he was on the outside. He's just as dominant inside now. So it's just a matter of him just getting comfortable anytime you, you know, you change positions there, doing something different, a little bit of different technique, different different footwork. It takes time to uh, to develop that, and takes time to really, you know, take off with. And Eric has done that. He's done it in a fairly, you know, short time. You know, he's done really well with it, and. And I continue to see him, you know, doing better. So I'm, I'm happy with what Eric has done inside and it's gave us a chance to really play better against the run, having Eric inside. Dude's been good. Uh, you know, you go back to hasty fumbles, the opening kickoff. 
and they start on the 12. Whenever they get that first down and it's like first and goal from the one, guess who made the first play? It was Eric Armstead. And then after that, Warner made a play. Then Warner made another play. Then Tart made a play, right? You don't get that initial. I mean, the play made by Eric Armstead was incredible. I wish I had that clip, but I just did the breakdown. Uh, it's a short week, so it's kind of weird. Give us a little leniency, people. Uh, but if you want to see that, that is over on Patreon. Dude dominated. And he has consistently been good. Does he have all the stats? Does he have the sacks? No, he doesn't. Solo run stops? Yes. I mean, we're playing very, very well against the run. Now, listen to the weaknesses of this Titans defense, and you can kind of find a way and paint a picture, Bob Ross style, how the 49ers should win this game. And the Tennessee Titans offense, 29th out of 32 teams, and fumbles lost. 28th in total turnovers, but 25. 27th, sacks allowed. 41, so many negative plays. 26 in passing touchdowns, 23rd in interceptions, 23rd in passing yards, 22nd in DVOA. If they run the ball, they control the game. And they'll run the ball whether they're behind or ahead. Doesn't matter. They're running the ball. That's just who they are. And when they throw the ball, they throw it to their running backs. They screen more than any team. Like, they just, it's running back driven. And so it's almost like elongated running plays. That's what they do. Um, everything goes through running backs. And again, I told you guys earlier, I'm a longhorn. Um, Dante Foreman, he was a longhorn. He's been an absolute beast for him. Uh, if you remember, Foreman was with the Texans, and they drafted him really, really high, and he had a great rookie year, and then he popped his Achilles. And that took him two years to come back. He's bounced around. And when Derrick Henry got cut, they brought in Adrian Peterson and Devontae Foreman. In my fantasy league, I put Foreman as my first uh, waiver claim, and sure enough, that hit. They cut Adrian Peterson right after that, and Dontre Hillard's been really good as well. But, like, he fits what they want to do. Maybe Derek, or maybe Adrian Peterson back in the day, but, like, yeesh, no, he's, it's, it's just done. It's what it is. So they're going to run the ball, and there's going to be some huge colliding in there. That's why Aziz is so important this week. You got to. You got to. Um, now, deep passing, they're not good at it. On balls that have traveled 20-plus yards in the air, they've completed 10 out of 41. That's less than 25%. That's, that's not good. Tannehill has a 54 quarterback rating when under pressure. It's very, very bad. And again, what do they want to do? Run, run, run. <laughs> That's it. You want to know what this team wants to do? They want to run. Guess what the Falcons wanted to do last week? They wanted to run. Their head coach said it. Their quarterback said it. Corderell Patterson said it. Run, 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 run. How'd that work out for them? What they average? 2.7 yards per attempt? Now, I don't think that happens versus Tennessee, but if it does, it's going to be a blowout. Listen to Kyle talk about their running game and kind of what they want to do. You know, when you lose a player like that, it's, I mean, you turn the tape, it's going to look different. But you can tell that's their philosophy. I mean, they commit to the run. Um, you know, they think they run the ball, um, call more runs than anyone in the NFL. And in almost all situations, they'll do it on third down too, uh, first and second. doesn't really matter the down and distance. They'll do it when they're behind. Uh, it's what they believe in, and uh, that's why they've been hard to beat these few years, especially even with injuries. Uh, when they... Um, you know, they, they had it with um, P Pittsburgh. You know, they dominated that game. Um, and then they just they turned it over a couple times in the fourth, three times in the fourth quarter, um, which I can relate to. Um, it's tough to win games when you do that. And, but they got a good formula where they play real good defense. They run the ball. Um, and when they don't turn it over, um, that's when they've had they've won more games than most teams here the last few years. Again, listen to what he said. When they don't turn it over. Like, even Kyle has to put asterisks on giving them props. They want to run the ball, but the players are hurt. 
Okay, so asterisk there. When they don't turn it over, which they do more than almost any other team, they win a lot of games. So the 49ers defense has been great lately, and they've been able to force a whole bunch of turnovers. Like you look at what we've done, we have forced a turnover in, what is that, six straight games. Six straight games. In those six games, guess what? We have average, we have 12 turnovers in six games. We're averaging two turnovers a game. 49ers turn this ball over twice, they win this game. Again, 49ers force the turnover, the Titans to turn the ball over twice. They win this game. That, that's all there is to it. Uh, I love this. Shade from Arizona 49ers Empire. What's up, man? He said, first time live with you at work. Listen to every week. Love it, man. Best 49ers podcast out there. Dude, I love it, man. Thank you, Shane. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And as happy as I am for Shane's comment, Exact opposite from my friend Tommy. He says, USC winning the national championship next year. That's funny. I do think they're going to be very, very good for a long time, though, with Lincoln Riley. Um, they're going to be good. Uh, Longhorn zero wins. Um, now, we got that quarterback that might say something different about that. But make no mistake, Tommy, I've lived through two, not one, but two Kansas defeats. So trust me, you cannot hurt me. My soul is dead, my friend. <laughs> it's done. Now, before we move on to Vegas and our bets of the week, you know, I scour through analytics and pro football focus and DVOA, football guys, pro football reference on these teams, and just try to find whatever I can. I thought this was interesting. The right tackle, the starting right tackle, shouldn't be, for the Tennessee Titans offense, is David Kussenberry. Now, he has given up this year. He started every game. 11 sacks, an additional 11 quarterback hits on top of that, and 41 pressures. Nick Bosa has decided to line up. He jumps back and forth left to right. He's going to have his pick of whatever because Taylor Lewan, who is one of the, like, how do you say, longest-armed kind of pass-protecting left tackles in the NFL is out. So he, I'm telling you, and somebody put on my mentions, like, you know, I put that out there on Twitter, and if you don't know how Twitter works, you say, oh, man, it's cool how the sky is blue. And then somebody jumps in there and says, actually, it's not blue. You're only seeing a refraction of that. You're unintelligent. It's actually this. And then somebody else says, blue killed my dog. I hate you. Why would you bring this up for me? That's just the way it works. Um, and so somebody was like, dude, you said that about the Packers game. And look how that turned out. And so I was like, yeah, I remember exactly how that turned out. The 49ers had four sacks. What the hell's wrong? Like, <laughs> like everybody assumes this Madden kind of like whatever. Like, if Nick Bosa doesn't have five sacks, he sucks. Where is he at? And it's the same type of people that think Eric Armstead's had a bad year. Or is it, you know, whatever. It's the same people. It's all the same people. And they all listen to the same podcast. Not this one, unfortunately. Um, but, like, that's not what this is. To have an impact in a game, you don't have to go off for seven sacks or whatever. You have to impact the passing game you have to impact the sliding the coverage again there was one play uh i was watching versus the falcons nick bosa got chipped and they had a tackle and the guard swing his way he had three guys defending him and that's like it's <laughs> just like come on man like and, it, and people will say like oh where's bosa been on that when three players out of 11 are attributed to stop one you've got a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups over there and so that's where you got to kind of get to that um, what's up, Jaguar? Appreciate the gift, my friend. He says, great, great show as usual. I love it, man. Um, he says, no matter if you like Jimmy or hate Jimmy, he's a tough SOB and the team is 100% behind him. There's no doubt about that. Players, coaching staff, everybody's behind him right now. And rightfully so. You went five out of six. How, how are you not 
like behind him. Like how how could you not be there? Um. Anyway, I, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. So uh, we'll see what's up here. Now let's jump in, baby. Here we go. Our bet of the week. Golly, man, we've been crushing it lately. The holiday season is upon us, and my bookie is in the giving spirit. With 12 straight days of giveaways every day, there's a new exclusive promotion for you to redeem, to redeem. And the best part, it's all free when you sign up and make your first deposit with my bookie using our promo code 49ers. Starting December 21st and ending January 1st, you can bring in the new year right with giveaways that can help fill your stockings with extra cash this season. From odds boost to free casino chips to straight up locks. 12 days of giveaways is a can't-miss promotion. So head to mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ERS. They're going to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 anyway. So get over there. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Now, they've got free bets every day that they're adding and boosting, whatever. I mean, it's pretty cool. Now, I will say this, okay? The 49ers are currently favored by three. It was three and a half. It kind of came back to a little bit, which is crazy that they're favored on the road on a short week. Over-unders at 44 points. I don't like that bet, uh, especially short weeks are weird. Uh, usually, these are games, Thursday games, I just stay away from. They're just too damn unpredictable. But I do like the 49ers' chances considerably. I mean, they are freaking peaking, and the Titans are descending at the right time. So, I'm not betting the spread. I don't like that. Um, there's just too many uncertainties for me. I've only bet the spread, I think, three times this year. And we've hit on every one of those spreads, just 49ers straight up. But I'm doing another teaser with the 49ers, six and a half points, which means both of these teams have to win in order to get paid. So, the six and a half points, that makes the 49ers three and a half points. So, like, if the 49ers lose, we can still get paid. If the 49ers lose by a field goal or less, we still get paid. So, they're plus 3.5 points. Then the Packers, uh, which are minus one versus the Browns. I think the Browns, I think they lost everything that they had um, with that game last week, and now they're like all the way down. You know, you look at where the Browns are; they're number twelve in, in in the AFC standings. Number twelve, they basically have to win out to have an opportunity to even be a wild card team, and they still have a lot of players out with COVID. And I just don't believe in Baker Mayfield, and I. I do think that the Packers, who have more to play for, they're fighting for that number one seed to keep that number one seed. So they've got to keep winning or they're going to lose it. So those are my two teams. Bet 10 to win 7.6. Um, I loaded some other bets over on Patreon. I'm going to get that done um, as soon as this episode ends. But um, they're going to be loading more 49ers prop bets throughout the day tomorrow. There's not a whole bunch up there. I think there's like 40. Usually they like to get around 96 um, per game. So I'm going to wait. Uh, I'm going to load my preliminary bets over there and then the rest of them. And again, man, we have, golly, we've done really, really well. Uh, let us know if you've been betting with us because uh, throw that in the chat because, like, I know I say, like, <laughs> we're doing really, really well, but, like, I just see my account keep going up. And if I bet something, I tell y'all, um, sometimes I'll bet more than what I put on here. I like to put everything in 5 or $10 uh, dollar bets just because, like, again, um, some people get carried away. Don't get carried away. If you have a gambling problem, do not bet with us. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, just not worth it. This is something that's fun uh, just to provide some more entertaining uh, entertainment on the games, make it a little bit more fun to bet together, building the community. But if you have issues, man, do not stay away. There's ways to get help. You can call um, gamblers, anonymous lines, things like that. They work. Please talk to them if that's an issue. 
AJ, what's up, man? He says, keep up the ground, brother. Love the content. Go Niners. Yeah, man, we're just putting out as much content as possible, and we're not stopping. Uh, that's what we're going to do. Now, let's jump into, oh, man, predictions. This was, I, I struggled, man. I, I would type something up. I'd do some more research. I'd delete it. I'd type something up, do some more research, delete it. This is a tough game to produce, like to predict, because these teams never play each other. It's a short week. Who's in? Who's out? Is Aziz playing? That matters. Julio, AJ Brown, that matters. How much are they going to play? There's a lot there. Their entire left offensive line's out. There's a lot there. Now, uh, Mike Herndon, um, who's a Titans writer, retired Titans writer, he put this out, and I thought it was awesome. He went through every game because the Titans have had so many injuries. He said, okay, he found out how many points the Titans have put up with certain personnel in there. Again, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones, if they're out, if they're whatever. So listen to this. With Julio and A.J. Um, out there without Derrick Henry, they've averaged 28 points a game. That's a lot of points. 30 points in the NFL usually win. With just Julio out there, 16.5 points a game. With just A.J. out there, 18 points a game. Without all three, only 13 points a game. This Titans team, they're 9-5. They have a lot of very, again, go back to the start of this episode. Very reputable resume for the playoffs. But golly, if you just look at their losses, ugh, it gets scary quick, right? Talking about losing to the freaking Texans? Are you kidding me? Like, you, you don't do that. Lost to the Jets? That's two bottom-dweller teams. And so, like, yeah, they're not always the same. You look at their entire encompass of their team, DVOA, they're 23rd in the NFL. The record doesn't say that. Last week, we played a team that was dead last, 32nd in DVOA, the Falcons. Their record did not reflect that either. So we'll see. We're going to have to see what this looks like. Now, listen to D'Amico Ryan's talk about, is this a good game for the 49ers to have on the short week? Coming off of a win. Yeah, I think that's that's the kind of ball you get into. The more, you know, you keep playing in December, you're playing meaningful ball, I think that's the type of ball games you play in. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be run game heavy, guys not trying to make mistakes offensively, not trying to, you know, turn the ball over and defensively. Like, can you be sound and detailed in your assignments? And just it's going to be the may the best team win at that point. But it's not a lot of trick I'm going on. It's just line up and see who can be who. And that's the thing. You're not tricking people. We both know, both teams know what the other team's trying to do. You don't have time to put in a whole bunch of stuff. Get out there. And you just don't make mistakes. Be who you are. You should win this game. Oh, what's up, Eram? He says, new subscriber, love the content. Bang, bang, Niner gang. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. Welcome, welcome. Now, here we go. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm not going to do a lot of predictions. I'm going to try, though. This might be the shortest game of the NFL this year because there might be 60-plus rushing attempts. That clock ain't going to stop. And so, man, part of me wants to bet the under. But then I'm like, man, with our corners and their wide receivers, and again, our offense has been putting up almost 30 points a game per clip besides the Seattle game. Like, I don't want to touch that either. This game is going to come down to a whole bunch of third and shorts for both offense and defense. Whole bunch. Which is what both teams want. So, I think the number one key thing I'm going to be watching for, Jimmy G versus Ryan Tannehill. Who can convert the third downs in the red zones? Jimmy G's been great in the red zone. Not so much at third down. He was good last week. Tannehill's been bad at both. If those trends continue, 49ers will win this game. Jimmy Garoppolo's been on fire. 
eight straight games with over a 90 passer rating. The only person, only quarterback in the NFL that could say that. Next closest was five times out of the last eight games, over 90 passer rating. I think that was Tom Brady. You got to keep them clean. Now, the one thing that stops Jimmy Garoppolo from being so great and being consistent is when he gets hit. He hates getting hit. He's tough, but he gets a little happy feet, and the ball starts to flow over the middle. You got it. Again, last week he didn't get hit or a sack, and look what we got. So here's my prediction of the game. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets sacked less than three times, so two times or less, 49ers win. If he gets sacked three or more times, I think the 49ers will lose unless they are positive in the turnover ratio. So let's say Jimmy gets sacked four times, but they're plus one in the turnover ratio, the 49ers, then I think they win. So the first thing I'm looking at is sacks. Second thing is turnovers. That's where it's going to be. It's going to be a close game. I've got the 49ers winning 21-20. to 20. Not covering the spread. This is going to be a weird game, guys. So just got to prepare yourself. It's going to be crazy. And we continue the heart attack kids. Now, win, lose, or draw this game. Uh, we will be live right after the game ends, as we always are. Make sure you turn on that notification bell so you can join us. And even if we win, lose, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Week 18 is still everything. Playing against the Rams that last week. Because even if the 49ers clinched their playoff spot by then... Now you're getting into seedings because if they're 2-0 and and clinch their playoff spot, you might be able to win that number five seed. So if you haven't yet, head to 40HoursRushRoadTrip.com. Get your tickets. Come on, guys. Um, all the information's over there. We'll be throwing a party on the beach. It's going to be incredible. Really, really excited about this. So just want to say thank you. Appreciate all of the support. Ah, oh, tomorrow's going to be a fun day. The entire NFL is going to be watching the 49ers. What message do you send out to the NFL about what type of team you are going into the playoffs? We're going to find out tomorrow. Appreciate it, guys. As always, stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.